0: Maybe he was just too young. It's entirely
1: possible that he's like a yearling male that just... Maybe he didn't know how to seal the deal. He didn't know how to get it done. He
0: was not a finisher.
1: Just a, no, sprinter, (laughs) not a finisher. Yes. (laughs) Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is episode 29 and we're calling this the Left Behind Photos.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. Um, you know what, Bill? We don't say often enough on our podcast that we have a photography business, and it's called Quiet Shutter Photo, as part of the reason we decided to do a podcast was to sort of promote our photography business. Right. But we're horrible at marketing ourselves, aren't we?
1: (laughs) Yes, we are.
0: So um, I thought maybe I'd mention that today. Bill and I have um, a photography business called Quiet Shutter Photo. We will shoot uh, photos of just just about anything if asked and for the right price. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We occasionally will do um, weddings. We love to do senior high school, senior pictures. We love to travel. We love to travel. Um, has anybody paid us yet to travel? Mm. That would be great.
1: Not yet, but there's that, always that, that first time. Great.
0: We also would love to have people hire us to take pictures of senior citizen instead of senior high school, or as well as I guess I should say, we think that that should be a thing that uh, people once they get beyond their school years and their college years and their married and having children years should still find occasions to get proper photos taken. So that's another thing that we are willing to do. If you'd like to hire us to take pictures of yourself or your parents or your favorite aunt or whoever, we'd like to do that.
1: Not crazy, Uncle Bob.
0: We'd even take pictures of crazy Uncle Bob. That might be fun. We might enhance those. (laughs) We would love it if we could get paid to take pictures of wildlife and travel photography. But so far, that's something we do for ourselves. We do sell prints. Um, And if you want to look up our uh, quietshutter.com website, you will find a link there to our store and you can buy prints and see what else we do. But um, today, we're working on our podcast. And uh, the way we do our podcast is that we post nine photos to our Quiet Shutter photo, Quiet Shutter Instagram. And you can listen and follow along with the pictures that we're talking about. Or you can listen and look at the pictures later on when you get a chance. We'd hate for you to try and look at the photos while you're driving or... Doing something that would make it dangerous. Always be safe. Always be safe. And today's topic is left behind photos. But before we get started, we want to thank Anchor Podcasting Platform. It's a free podcasting platform that you can find on the web or on a smartphone on your app. And uh, it's available to anybody. It's free. You can make a podcast if we can do
1: it. You can do it. Thank you, Anchor. Thanks, Anchor.
0: So uh, the reason we're calling this Left Behind Photos is because the the pictures we're going to look at today are um, pictures of things that got left behind in the editing room. Um, Often when we take a lot of photos, if it's even a wedding or someone's seen your pictures or if it's wildlife or if it's somewhere we've traveled, I'm really anxious to get home and edit the pictures. And I'll go through the pictures and throw out any ones that are no good, like they're blurry or we missed the shot or whatever. And then I'll pick out the the highlights, the ones I'm so excited about, the very best ones. And I'll edit them and then I'll I'll save them. and And then maybe I'll post some or maybe we'll use them for our podcast. And then I get excited about the next thing we do. And often there's a lot of really good photos that get left behind and I haven't taken the time to edit them. And so when I do have a little bit of time, or maybe when I can't sleep at night or whatever, I'll get on my computer and go back through the pictures that I've taken months before and check out the ones, the gems that I may have left behind. So today we've picked out nine photos that got left behind. What do you think, Bill?
1: Yeah, that's... Um, you know, every once in a while, we'll be going somewhere, doing something, and I'll see something, and I'm thinking, you know, we had a picture of that. I wonder what we ever did with that. So, some of these are just ones that um, we just happened to maybe had something else of the particular subject that was a little different. And uh, these are just things that we, uh, like when you said, left, got left in the editing room. Yeah,
0: so um, Bill and I both take photos but i hog the job of editing because i really enjoy it um for me it's kind of like therapy it's um it's i find it peaceful and i find it um gives me a sense of accomplishment so poor bill gets left behind when it comes to the editing portion of our photography business And so, a lot of times he doesn't know what got edited and what didn't get edited. And he will sometimes mention to me, whatever happened to that picture of the groundhog on the pole that we took, you know? And I'll have to think, did I edit that or do I need to go back in and find that one? So, um, yeah, there's, I mean, we take thousands of pictures. So, there's a lot of pictures there to go back and have a look at.
1: Right. Right. So,
0: let's start with our first picture, Bill. Okay.
1: Ah Yes, the little chipmunk.
0: We live at a um, camp and retreat center named Park of the Pines. We've mentioned this many times before. And um, in the summertime, it's a hub of activity, lots of youth camps and family camps. And then there's lots of retreats also throughout the year. And um, although there is lots of nature and wildlife that comes around, when there's nobody here and it's peaceful and quiet, Bill and I get to see a lot of wildlife that we wouldn't normally see. So um, often, especially Bill, will come back to the house and grab a camera. Oh, I just saw whatever pileated woodpeckers. I got to go get a picture. Or
1: yeah, it's kind of funny. After quite often, after a group will leave here, it's like the uh, the the wildlife that's around here. To start to kind of creep back out. It's like, are they gone yet? Are they and it happens yet? fast. It's, it does within a couple of hours yeah. after a group has left. It's it's pretty humorous actually. I
0: remember one time sitting outside of the lodge after a big group had left, and um, sitting kind of under the canopy in front of the lodge, and it had kind of started to sprinkle rain. It was a hot day, so it just felt good to just sit there and and take it in, and um, all of a sudden deer started coming onto the grounds from the woods surrounding the place just from a couple of different places just sort of appearing and they they went on the basketball court where there's um, on the edge of that there's a big oak tree and I think they're really attracted to the acorns
1: yeah there's there's always and there's an apple tree right in that area too so it's a spot that they tend to go and look for food anyways but yeah yeah
0: So they must be around all the time, paying attention to what's going on. And then when they have a quiet moment, they come out and take take over the place.
1: Yep. Yep. They do.
0: So our first picture here is um, a picture of one of the tiniest little wildlife um, residents at Park of the Pines. I think you took this picture, Bill.
1: I don't remember.
0: I I think that it was um, right outside of the dining hall perhaps
1: and yeah, it i don't looks like the ground looks like possibly in the there's a little garden right by the edge of the dining hall there and i think it might have been in there he's adorable i love chipmunks should i not love chipmunks um they are great until they get into things and but they tend to get into things and when they get into things what do you like they tend to dig holes in under um landscape and they will gnaw on wires and all kinds of Oh, so they're just
0: as bad as the red squirrels. Yeah. Because I've always felt like chipmunks were a little less uh, aggressive than red squirrels are.
1: Well, I think they are less aggressive as far as that goes, but they're still, it can be just as destructive.
0: Well, they're rodents. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny because I wouldn't mind if a chipmunk crawled up on my hand and ate a peanut but I wouldn't want a mouse to do that. Why is it that we're so creeped out by mice and so think that chipmunks are adorable? I don't know. Do you feel that way? No. You wouldn't feed a chipmunk a peanut out of your hand?
1: I would be afraid of the stupid thing biting me.
0: Huh. I think I've seen you
1: try it before. Yeah, but nothing means not going to bite me.
0: Hmm. Um. Yeah. The chipmunks this year were prolific. I don't know why that is, but there was chipmunks everywhere this year. Did you?
1: Yeah, I don't know if there was just less um, other uh, animals that wouldn't typically chase them off. I don't know if red squirrels chase them off more or what, but uh, there seem to be a lot of them around this year.
0: It seems like I could look out the kitchen window and our the outside of our kitchen window faces a, a little hill and it's wooded. But I could look out there and see four or five chipmunks at any given time this summer.
1: Maybe they just had a house, like a hole in the ground where they were raising little ones that was close to the house this well, year. They, so we I saw mean, them more They often. probably were.
0: But also I could go over by the stairs that were going down to the cabins and the same thing, chipmunks everywhere.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of them around this this summer.
0: For some reason they don't bother me, but maybe they should. <laughs> So this is a picture taken at Sini Wildlife Refuge where we go all the time. Whenever we get a chance in the summer to take a, a day's trip, we'll drive up to the UP and go to the Sini Wildlife Refuge.
1: Yeah, this was a, this is a picture of, of a cluster of dragonflies that were on just a little uh, little tiny new growth tree or something that was on the edge of the road that, on at Sini Wildlife Refuge. In the first three or four times that we went there this year, there were dragonflies everywhere. What was interesting, though, is that each time
0: the dragonflies were different from, you know, different variety of dragonfly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I have no idea the difference between one dragonfly or another, other than they're always different colors to them.
0: Yeah. And there's two, there's something, there's dragonflies and then there's another kind of fly that looks like a dragonfly, but has a different name.
1: You remember what that is? I'm not sure what it is, but in this particular mm-hmm. picture, um, you're actually even some of the blurred um, things that look like stems that are in the picture are actually other wings of of dragonflies.
0: Yeah. Now um, I have cropped this picture a little bit. I think there was probably six or seven dragonflies all in the same photo. Yeah. But I cropped it in square format so that it would fit nicely with what Instagram likes. Right. But you can see one very clear in focus dragonfly and another one close and then a tail of another one, one in the background, tail of another one down below. So one, two, three, four, at least five in just this little section of that picture alone. What a nice job. I remember we were driving through Sini and there were so many dragonflies and we like to roll our windows down when we're driving through the wildlife refuge. But you couldn't keep the windows down this particular day because there was so many dragonflies.
1: Yeah, they were just flying through the It was like a cloud of them. Yeah, it was crazy.
0: It was crazy. So you had to keep the windows open. And there are just so many that somehow when you see a lot like that, you don't think it's all that special. Maybe you just find it as annoying. But you were really anxious to photograph the dragonflies.
1: I like dragonflies. So that's always a cool subject for me.
0: Yeah. And a couple of times you pulled over and got out of the car and and took took some dragonfly pictures. And I may have missed editing these because I was so annoyed with the dragonflies that they were not interesting to me until later on when I got over it.
1: Yeah, this this might have been the time when we we did get some pretty uh, decent loon pictures. Uh, a few times when we were up there this year. So you may have just in the process of yeah, doing all the loons that you just didn't. That could be why.
0: But in any case, yeah. when I look back at this picture, and this is stunning,
1: really. I did the... catch that. One, the one that's in the foreground, you can really see the detail in their, in their wings. And they're so transparent. It's crazy. And yet
0: they almost look like stained glass. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of color in this particular one's wings. And when they were flying around, they just looked gray. But, you know, when right. you actually froze the frame so you could see the detail of the dragonfly, it was quite amazing, the color that was in their wings.
0: If you get a chance to look at these pictures, um, I, I think it's a great idea to zoom in. Can you zoom in, Bill, as you're looking at it? Mm-hmm. The um, first of all, the wings, which we've already talked about looking like stained glass, they look amazing. But um in the main dragonfly, you can see the little hairy, furry part around his neck.
1: Yeah, right behind its head itself. Yeah. It's got almost like a like the dandelion fuzz around. It, it. does it's so fuzzy. Yeah.
0: And then the second dragonfly that's most of it is blurry, but some of his tail and some of his legs are really sharp. And you can see all the little boy on his legs, would you call those hairs or spikes?
1: Well, they are, they are hairs, but they look like spikes. And if I remember right, they actually, uh, all they feel things.
0: Ah, uh, and then along his tail, this is something you wouldn't normally see when you're looking at them in real life. Cause they don't sit still that long, but there's little fuzzy hairs on his tail. See that?
1: Yeah. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Just amazing. Good job on this picture, Bill caught that one just right yeah even though i was probably really annoyed that you were taking time away from taking pictures of loons to take pictures of these stupid dragonflies that were everywhere they were driving you crazy they were driving me crazy <laughs> <laughs> and like you said i think three different times we went there was a different kind of hatch of dragonflies and and um you know sometimes when you go to see it's it's uh black flies or um, those horse flies or deer flies and yeah. y- you know you want to keep the windows open so you can hear the wildlife and feel the breeze but man you don't want a car full of bugs you spend the whole trip on the way home <laughs> killing bugs off your windshield on the inside, inside
1: yeah. yeah 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 and when you go up early in the in may or so when the when the scene in wildlife refuge first opens up it's usually mayflies or a uh, black fly season and you certainly don't want to have your windows down when the black flies are thick.
0: Oh my gosh, when you drive through the upper peninsula of Michigan during black fly season, you'll be driving along and you'll see a black cloud in the sky that you think something must be on fire. There's got to be a fire cuz look at that smoke in the air up there, but then when you get closer you realize it's black flies. Nope, that's just it's black just flies. It's just insects. Yikes. It's just black flies. It's so gross. Yeah, not good. Do not you remember good. the time that this is a this is way off topic, but your dad had gone to northern Ontario to go fishing with your brother. And he came home and he'd had a great time fishing, but he said that they had um taken the boat from one little lake into another little lake and when they got in the second lake it was like a wall of black flies.
1: Yeah, they they saw this wall of black flies and went, "Nope, not going there." Right, turned not around, today. Turned the boat around, and by the time they got out of that lake back into the one they just come from, they were. He was saying that they were they were just had eaten him alive practically. He said he'd
0: be, he was wearing a t shirt. And blood was seeping through his T-shirt where he'd been bitten by black flies. Yeah. And as he's telling me the story, I, I mean, I I know what black flies can be like. So I believed him, but I wasn't as impressed as I was once he lifted up his shirt. And this was two weeks later. Yeah. And
1: he was still all peppered. He looked with, like he'd had measles or something. Yeah, it was, was awful. Ooh. Yeah, Is that crazy. Ugh. Yep.
0: I guess that's Uh one reason to appreciate this time of year, November, when it's cold and
1: all of the bugs You know, I was just outside and saying how cold it really was getting. It was just really bad. But yeah, there's no bugs. There's no bugs. That is the bonus of cold.
0: (laughs) All right, let's move on to our next picture. All right. And this is the reason that I was probably annoyed with you for taking
1: dragonfly pictures. Oh, Yes. This was, this is a common loon, common northern loon.
0: We have taken hundreds, maybe thousands of pictures of loons as well. They're one of our favorite things. They're so beautiful. Uh, The black and white um, foliage of the of the loons is so striking in blue water. And they have these piercing red eyes. They're just they are spectacular.
1: Yeah, their eyes are always amazing to me. the the uh, The color of their eyes are just just seems weird to me, but um, they are amazing. Yeah, I wonder
0: why their eyes are red. If there's like some scientific reason that I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. See
0: better underwater, or
1: maybe, maybe
0: because loons are diving ducks. They and they go underwater. If you're photographing a, a loon and you get your camera on it and focused, and then they'll dive, and it seems like they don't come up forever and then when they do come up it's a hundred feet away or something.
1: It's just yeah. Well and they can dive really deep too. I remember we were listening to a documentary uh, earlier this summer and they um they were saying that they can dive over a hundred feet deep if they need crazy? To. Now the water in, in the senior wildlife refuge I don't think is more than ten feet deep anyway. No, but-
0: I I mean the, the pools of water in the senior wildlife life refuge are Man-made, I believe.
1: Yeah, they're just a flooding that they yeah they flooded a swampy area.
0: So I bet you some of those pools you could probably walk across
1: if you're brave enough to get get leeches on you. Yeah, I I mean I would never do that.
0: Right. (laughs) But um, and this picture is a loon. He's kind of got his head thrown back and his beak pointed somewhat up, and uh, it's a profile of it. So you get to see one of his beautiful red eyes. Looks like it was a beautiful sunny day, and the water looks blue. Sometimes the water in the wildlife refuge looks brownish from, you know, if the um, if it's rough and the the muck on the bottom is churned up or whatever. Right. This, yeah. And I can't going back and and editing this, finding you know this picture and several more. I thought, why didn't I bother to edit this picture? Probably there was other pictures that there was more going on. Maybe. We love to get balloons when they rise up out of the water and sort of preen themselves. And um, so perhaps this picture at the at the earliest editing session didn't seem quite as exciting, but it is a gorgeous picture.
1: It is. It probably, you know, obviously all the ones we're doing today are just ones that we've skipped over for probably no apparent reason other than there may have been another half a dozen pictures similar or something else that we were looking for in particular or. I know yeah. that
0: one of the pictures that I edited um, in my first go through was probably of this same sequence, and the loon had his head practically laying on his back with his beak pointing really straight up in the air, <laughs> and it it looked really awkward, like some kind of a crazy yoga move or something. So perhaps that was the one I edited and missed this one, but this is a beautiful picture.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: There is nothing like being on the shores of a lake in the evening when the loons start calling to each other.
1: Yeah. They're they're I love the sounds that they make. They really, it's a unique sound and uh, they definitely are um, talking to each other. And um, so it's interesting to listen to them, have conversation. Yeah. It's always interesting here. We live on Lake Charlevoix in uh, Michigan, but, um, they don't stay on this lake. It's a it, like Charlotte Boys actually an inland off of, off of Lake Michigan, and uh, they um, migrate through here a lot. So you hear them
0: um, in the spring and then in, in the, the spring.
1: Fall. It's always you can always tell it's starting to get to be spring here when you, you go outside at night, uh, early in the morning, and you can hear the loons for the first time. And it's like, yes, we yeah. made it through another winter.
0: I think that um, loons like to nest on marshy shorelines. And Lake Charlevoix, Lake Charlie Boy, as I like to call it, doesn't really have marshy shoreline. A lot of the shoreline is is developed because there's a lot of people who live on Lake Charlevoix, but even on our stretch of property at Park of the Pines, which is not developed, but it's very rocky, it doesn't have a lot of soft, marshy. Yeah,
1: they would never. They would never. Yeah. Here. So I
0: think they move on from here to places that are more hospitable to their. Yeah. yeah. To what they need to do, but um, when you talked about going out in the early in the morning and hearing the loons, it me. Th- it reminded me of a time that we were heading out really early in the morning to drive to I think Grand Rapids to get on an airplane to go visit our daughter in Montana. So we are super excited and we were leaving at like four o'clock in the morning. Yep. And we stepped outside and we heard the first loon of the season and it was just magic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean,
0: we were already super excited to be taking a trip and then to step outside and hear a loon. That was just. Bonus. Cherry on the top. Yeah. We, we saw, um we go up every year to see to try and keep track of the loons But this year, would you say there was, there were less loons that had successful nests? Right. We didn't see as many um, chicks, if that's what you call a baby loon.
1: That's what I call them.
0: But we did find one really friendly loon. And he was in a pond that we have never seen loons in, in all the 10 years that we've been going to see any wildlife. No,
1: we've always joked it. because people, you know, it's pond you would think, well, I mean, there's all got to be fish in here. And it's it looks a lot like the others where you quite often will see loons. But we've always joked that it must be an acid pond because there's nothing living in it.
0: Yeah, we've nicknamed it the acid pond because we never see anything in it. Often you'll see swans and guaranteed to see Canadian geese almost everywhere. But for many, many years, we've never seen anything in that pond. Now, I don't know if it's maybe more shallow than other ponds. Maybe that's the reason, but you and I have nicknamed it the acid pond.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but this, yeah, this summer though, there was not just one, but two or three different loons in there. But that
0: one in particular was so friendly.
1: Yeah, he was, he was very curious to what people were and what they were doing because he would come up quite close. He was, swam along the, the shoreline, um, which happened to be the shoreline that, that was very close to the causeway you drove across. And it was, it was pretty fascinating to be, to get up close to him.
0: Yeah. If we hit Sini and found this loon in that pond, we knew we could get out of the car and sit on the side of the, of the water and that we would have some fun encounters because he would come to us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He He definitely was trying to check us out.
0: There is um, another photographer that I follow on Facebook who is um big, big, big Sini Wildlife Refuge fan. She goes there way more than we do. And she knows all of the names and tag numbers of all the loons that are in Sini. And um, she claimed that the loon on this particular pond had tried to find a mate with two different uh, female loons. And they both evidently rebuffed him. Loser. <laughs> I don't know why. What I mean, they all look the same to me, but in any case, he did not find a successful mating. So he was a bachelor pretty much all
1: summer. And that's why he was stuck on the acid pond.
0: <laughs> but there were, I mean, we saw other loons with him flirting. That's true. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was just too young. Yes, it's maybe entirely he
1: possible that he's like a yearling male that just...
0: Maybe he didn't know how to seal the deal. He didn't know how to get it done. He was not a finisher.
1: Just a, no, sprinter, <laughs> not a finisher.
0: Yes. So, yeah, so we had a lot of fun with, we should have dubbed this guy with a nickname.
1: Well, we could come up with some names, but we should move on to our next picture. Right All now. right.
0: All right. We'll move on to our next picture.
1: So our next picture is actually uh, a picture of a male mallard duck.
0: You know, we pass by mallards and uh, Canadian geese, to be honest with you, unless they have babies with them. They're so common that we forget to take a moment and appreciate their beauty as well.
1: Right, right. Yeah, but- mallards are actually quite colorful in, in uh Yeah, Yeah, we just take them for granted, I guess. There's so many of them around. Yeah,
0: they're pretty common in in Michigan. We're
1: always looking for the rare duck. This
0: year, um, and every spring, there's a little corner of Park of the Pines property that is swampy and wet in the spring. Yep. And it's up by the corner of the highway and the road you turn into to come into the park. And it seems like every spring, there's a pair of mallards that, spend a month or so in that little swampy area
1: yeah they always act like they're going to set up a nest there and i think they do and then they fail because it, it dries, dries up, up yeah and they have to move i've never seen them with babies
0: they're so funny though i mean really they the little mallard couple and they always kind of swim around and make that little
1: <laughs> yeah but they're yeah and they must be in a pond about six feet in uh Diameter. That's a tiny little. Yeah, piece that's of about ten inches deep. Yeah, ditch ducks.
0: Yeah, but they they must be finding something deep because they you know they dip down and yeah they're probably eating soft greenery. I guess
1: probably something that's growing up out of the ground. Yeah.
0: So this picture, this left behind picture, was I think we stopped. We happened to be coming back from photographing something else and just getting home. And we noticed the two mallards in the little wet spot. And we just pulled the car up alongside of it and took pictures out of the window. And uh, this is a picture of the male mallard. And in this picture, the light is catching him just right so that you can see how green his head is.
1: Yep. And I know you took this picture just because of the side of the road that we were on this. And uh, you caught the eyeball of the duck right between two blades of grass. So I, it, and
0: you know what? I have to tell you, I was careful to do that on purpose. Yeah. If the blade of grass had a covered his eyeball, then the picture would have been garbage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Trash.
0: But you can see his eye right between a couple of blades of grass. So, and their beaks are so nice and yellow.
1: There's a lot oh, yeah. of color to them, like yep. you said. Yep.
0: Um. We should give this couple, definitely we should give this couple a nickname. Yeah. Cause they come back every year. Like Heathcliff and Gertrude or Mildred or <laughs> they seem like a Heathcliff and Mildred type of pair. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they uh the old ducks just keep coming back.
0: Yeah. So that was a quick little capture that got left in the editing room until probably just the other day. Yeah. When I, just- I went
1: I just zoomed in on this picture and you even caught beads of water on top of this mallard's back. I was back just noticing
0: too. that, too. You can see the yeah. the little water beaded up on his back.
1: Yeah, he's, uh, he de- they definitely have a lot of color. Even that green in its head has several different tones.
0: The um, mallards like the little swampy area that's on one side of the road and the, and the, i got to be careful what I say, but. There's somebody in the neighborhood that likes the other side of the road to throw their empty beer cans. Yeah.
1: All the time. The non-nature loving people.
0: Yeah. Doesn't that drive you crazy? How many times have we seen six or 10 or 12 or whatever, empty cans just thrown out the window in that exact same spot.
1: I actually saw that gentleman that owns that piece of property that was blowing leaves there the other day. And he had a pile of the cans that he'd put up on the side of the road that he collected is like, I think he was equally as frustrated with that mess.
0: I think I remember you and I were saying that we should like clean them up and put a sign up that says, really? Can't you throw your garbage somewhere else? Yeah. I wonder if it's kids that like need to get rid of the evidence before they go home.
1: Maybe, but I got a different theory that we won't go into at this time. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> well, I know that often we'll see mallards on one side of the road and empty beer cans on the other side. Yeah.
1: Maybe somebody's drinking while they're watching the ducks.
0: Oh, the next picture bill, there are a few stories Yikes. behind this one. So this is your friend.
1: I'll let you describe this picture. It either is my friend or his girlfriend. One or the other. I'm not sure which, but this oh, you is weren't a-
0: friends with the girlfriend too.
1: Uh, I wasn't allowed to be.
0: Okay. I <laughs> probably not.
1: <laughs> this is a picture of a Merlin hawk. Um, we've talked a couple of times in the podcast about the pair of Merlin hawks. We have that live here at the park. Um, we didn't know we had Merlins at first.
0: Last last let's see a year ago fall is that when we discovered yes okay tell that story
1: so one of the buildings that we have here at the camp is our dining hall and it's an older building um built in the 30s and uh we quite often will go into it when we got a group coming in it's one of the buildings we go into to, just to make sure that it's clean and um take the chairs take off the, the chairs tables off the tables get them set up for I think it was a weekend retreat that was coming in we got to make sure and, that the
0: dish room is all up and running and, and right yeah Right.
1: and uh, I went into the dining hall
0: I stayed in the house bill went over on his own to make sure everything was in order
1: yeah and uh I called you I think it was and said you got to come over here you got to help me clean this mess up and you I were,
0: actually I think you came back to the house and you were so ticked You said, there is a heck of a mess in the dining hall. I'm going to need your help cleaning this up. And I said, what? What kind of a mess?" Because sometimes people will use the buildings and not clean them enough when they leave. And so sometimes you miss something and then you got to clean it before the next people get there. Right. So I thought maybe it was something like that. But no, this was more unique than that.
1: Well, I thought at the time there was... There had ended up being bird feathers all over in the in the building, and I'm like, "What the heck is that?" And I thought, because there is a lot of partridge around here, the feathers that I saw, I thought, "Well, oh, partridge, how did it get in here?" And then in our dish room, there's a couple of uh, uh, windows and in there, and they are
0: small windows, like the size of a basement, a typical basement window. Yeah, they're not
1: very big, but a bird flown i don't know if he was after another animal or something but it it flown through the window anyways i suspect he saw his own reflection it's entirely
0: possible because i think that happens sometimes we used to when we lived in our home in sheboygan michigan we had um windows that were low in the we had a basement that was not low in the ground so we had big windows but turkeys would walk up past the windows and see themselves and then peck away at the windows. They were and always
1: attacking their own reflection.
0: Exactly. So I wonder if something like that was happening. But in any case, carry on. <laughs> okay. So the
1: uh, I was started looking around for a dead bird because I thought for sure, well, it broke its neck or something. Or But when I started looking around, every window in the place had feathers and bird poop all over it and
0: you could tell where a bird had really pecked and clawed it tried to get out of the windows right
1: right yeah and he um, must
0: have been in there for days that's all i can say i I don't know it
1: just was crazy but somehow or another we went all over the entire building looking for you know the bird because we figured he was either hiding somewhere or had died because they quite often will die from panic from yeah not if, being able if they to get... don't
0: die from the impact of the window they would die from getting all worked up about right. trying to get out
1: right so um anyways the bird was gone we cleaned up the mess it um, was a
0: big mess too yeah he, there are a lot of windows in that building and every single one of them had been soiled yeah <laughs> it was so we awful had a, a
1: lot of wiping down to a do. lot of
0: bleach and a lot of cleaning yes and also the amount of glass from where he busted through a window and where the glass ended up. Like he, it must've been such a powerful blast through there because glass went everywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah. And then we went outside and we looked all over around the building and everything to think, well, maybe he managed finally to find his way back out, but surely he couldn't have survived all that.
1: Right. Never, never found, never found him and then the next summer when Plus, we, we never these, found blood
0: do you remember that we found feathers yep. tons of feathers and we found a lot of bird poop but we never saw any blood that i
1: can recall no there wasn't any but it was a tough bird yeah yeah so um when we sp- spotted these merlins here this spring and i started taking a few pictures of them um the feathers that I'm noticing on the underside of this bird is exactly the feathers that were all over the dining hall. So one of these birds had dove through the window, survived, pooped on every window in the place, and then went around, went back out the whole canyon. And
0: decided to
1: live here for the whole summer. I think I'll stick around.
0: This is an excellent picture. Um, The picture shows this Merlin hawk And the Merlins are about the size of a partridge, a partridge. What if somebody doesn't know what a partridge is? Uh,
1: They're the size of a A crow, crow, small crow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Not a raven, but a crow. Right. And um, so in this picture, this Merlin hawk is sitting on a branch in a pine tree. And I remember that he was pretty high up. We have a nice long uh, zoom lens. So you were able to zoom right in on him. And it's a pretty picture because behind him are the pines and some blue sky but he's got his feathers a little ruffled up I think he's a little annoyed with you for taking
1: yeah taking he pictures was of being around well him. he yeah, this might have been there was a series of pictures I took of of uh, them one day that had uh he was actually was grooming himself and he was fluffed oh so he wasn't annoyed and, at all he was I perfectly think it was fine. just I think it was just grooming himself, and this particular picture just happened to be all fluffed out. And well, uh, he
0: looks super mean.
1: He was looking. Well, uh, they are.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's looking down yeah. his beak at you. Know, you know,
1: they—they're they're not a big bird by any means, but they are killers. They yeah. are. They—they
0: they were here all summer, and I think we can thank that to the fact that um, because of COVID nineteen, we didn't have our normal camp activities here all summer, so the grounds were pretty quiet, other than the activity activity of Bill and I. And so he and his partner, his mate, made a nest high in a pine tree. And they were here all summer. They eventually hatched out two.
1: Yeah, they had two chicks.
0: And once they had, uh, once their chicks were a little bit grown and started to fly, they hung out here as a family for another probably month, right? Yeah. And they were noisy. Yep. And they tried to harass us.
1: Yeah, they would buzz us when we were walking around on the grounds or yeah. mowing grass. Or before whatever. they had
0: their babies, um, we spent a number of weeks staining the huge lodge that's here on the grounds. And uh, we'd try and get out there for as early in the morning as we could before it got hot to start working on the lodge. And they would buzz around us. I mean, they never buzzed close enough, like where you could touch them or anything.
1: No, but they were making their presence known and they no would one. yeah,
0: circle overhead, make a lot of screechy noises yeah, and
1: like what do you do?
0: Yeah, they were not really that impressed with us. They mm-hmm. liked it when we weren't around. Um our daughter and her husband visited um for a few days this summer and this was after the babies yes, had started to fly. And um we tried to eat all of our meals outside. I mean, you got to take advantage of summer while well, you can. And every time we would be outside on the back of the uh, lodge on the deck having a meal, the four of them would be flying all over and making such a commotion. They were so noisy.
1: Yeah, it was like having chickens around.
0: Everywhere. But they killed, like you said, they are killers. We saw either saw them killing a lot of blue jays.
1: Yeah, they liked the songbirds and the blue jays. And when we would see random uh, songbird feathers all over the place. We're right. like, oh, they got another one
0: right. I mean, yeah. it's it's the circle of life, but sure um this fall, as the the Merlins have moved on for the winter, it'll be interesting to see if they come back next spring. but um when we were blowing leaves this fall, there were a couple areas in that in that area where I'd seen them kill birds that I noticed blowing little feathers that were yeah. underneath the leaves and
1: the yeah the yeah. remnants of their kills from the summer yeah
0: the merlins were really interesting they were really interesting i mean it was annoying that they took out a window in the dining hall but it was interesting having the pair here for the summer
1: yeah so let's move on to our next picture
0: okay i took this picture and i can see why it's a picture of a female white-tailed deer. And I can see why I probably left it on the, in the editing room, unedited because, um, it's the, the deer is half hidden behind a tree partly and I didn't get the whole deer in the picture. But, um, if you know the story behind this picture, it makes it more interesting. Do you, do you know why I took this picture, Bill? I don't remember this one. So every year since we have lived here at park of the pines, um, there has been a deer that has given birth to her fawns in the little wooded area across from the house that we live in now between the house and that area there's a driveway and then a chain link fence and then there's a little wooded area just a little, little sliver. Tiny
1: slip yeah
0: and the the female deer likes to give birth to her fawn in that area and then she will and I it it took me a few years to know that they do this, but um, the mother deer will leave her babies or baby somewhere that she feels is safe. And then she'll wander off, probably not very far, but she'll wander off to find food to eat and whatnot, and then come back and tend to her fawns. And often people will come across fawns that seem to be abandoned in the woods They don't see any adult around and they'll think that that poor fawn has been abandoned and then they'll pick them up and take them to, you know, the, um, animal shelter or something thinking that the poor thing's been abandoned, but it's not true.
1: No, you should leave them alone.
0: Absolutely. Leave them alone because it's, that's the way it works that, um, the parent will go off. We've seen Fox do this and right.
1: we call them leaving them in the nursery.
0: Yep. They're leaving them in the nursery. And really she's brilliant. This little slip of property is kind of protected by a, by a fence, yeah. but you've got yeah. to know how to get it in and out of that. You've got to go around the fence to get in there. And, and, um, this has happened a couple of different years where the fawn is getting old enough to protest to being left behind.
1: Yeah, and they can't navigate the fence yet, and they get they. It's kind of sad to watch, but uh,
0: yeah, the first year that we saw it happen, we thought that the fawn had gotten separated from the mom. The mom was on one side having a fit, and the fawn was on the other side and couldn't get out. And so you kind of chased the fawn around the fence so it could be with the mom. But we have learned since then.
1: Yeah, we need to just leave him alone. Yeah, leave
0: him alone because she really wants that fawn yeah, to stay there want, for a she little wants, while.
1: She's got him there for a reason.
0: So, on this particular day, we had our windows open because it was a nice warm day in the house and we could hear the fawn making all kinds of baby deer sounds. Yeah. Which is what does that sound like, Bill? A little bleat. Like, how's it sound? Eh, yeah. Eh. Yeah. This fawn would not shut up.
1: No, it kept going on. And I on mean, and enough on. that it
0: got our attention and we went outside to see, well, maybe it was injured or stuck or, you know, but. It was a case of the fawn was the mom put the fawn there and she was trying to wander off. And every time she got more than 10 feet away from it, it the baby would start ca- causing such a fit. Yeah. And the mom would go back and try to simmer it down and then she'd try to leave again. And in this picture, this poor mother deer was trying to sneak away and she kept looking back because the fawn was making such a fuss and she was so she was concerned, but you could tell, you could almost read her mind. Like, should I just go back and stay with it? Or should I go get something to eat? Cause I'm starving. Right. <laughs> and a couple of times she did, you know, go back. And then finally I think she did wander off. But in this picture, I caught a glimpse of her as she was trying to sneak off and she was turning her head back one more time to have a look and see what was going on. So, um, so now I kind of love this picture.
1: Doze actually had several fawns around here. She's uh,
0: this year. She had a real sucky baby one. Yeah, she did. (laughs) Yeah, so she was she was a she was a harried mother. She needed a night off, right? But I tried to get pictures also of the fawn that was running around back and forth by the fence, trying to. And I don't think I ever got a good, sharp focus one of the fawn. But this one I got of the mother, and it does tell the tale.
1: Yep. let's move on to the next one so
0: this next picture (laughs) was taken at seni wildlife refuge and you took it alone i didn't even see it because i had been involved in um this year we could not have youth camps in person and so we tried to have youth camp activities online through zoom and that kind of thing for for the uh youth and when it was the week for senior high or the the time for senior high camp online, one of the things they did was they had a a late night chat, Friday night chats, any senior high kid who wanted to tune in. And we had a number of adults that were monitoring it and they could just hang out and talk to each other from all over the state and outside of the state. Even we had a couple of kids from another, I think from Colorado, but the late night chat started at
1: 11 o'clock at
0: night, 11 o'clock at night. And they didn't put a deadline on them. They wanted, you know, if the kids were really enjoying spending time with each other, they wanted to let that happen. And so the night before we took this little drive up to Sini, I had been up till like one o'clock in the morning monitoring the late night chats. And I was pooped the next day.
1: Yeah, and we tried it.
0: to go really early because we, we always want to get to Sini like first thing when the sun comes up in the morning because the animals are more active. And I we got to Sini and I said, we pulled in and I said, why don't you take the little short hike around this first pond and I'm going to take a nap in the car.
1: Yeah. I remember it. You said, and take your time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Take your time. I fell right to sleep too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So this picture is actually a picture of a little muskrat that I happen to come across. I was going across the this particular loop when you, if you've ever been to Sini or if you go to Sini Wildlife R- Refuge, there is a visitor center just as you come in, big parking lot and a visitor center. But next to the visitor center is a nice little, it's about a mile and a half uh, loop trail that goes all the way around the pond. It's right out. In back of the visitor center. And there's several little bridges in there. And I happened to be going across the one bridge and I heard this, um, like a chewing sound. I'm like, what the heck is that? And I looked down and this little muskrat was eating, um, the, uh, reeds from cacti, cattails, cattail plants. Uh, and, uh, he was just having a ball eating those things and eating them like Stalks of celery, celery, and just chewing them down. And uh, how close were you to him? I was probably ten yards from him. Okay, pretty close, actually. Cause I remember I had. Do you think he
0: was aware you were there?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He's he uh, he knew I was there, but he was just um, he had found what he was liking to eat, and he was just mowing down on it. So he didn't feel threatened by going? No, you and- seems like I took both. Camera bodies that we have, and um, had the long lens with me and the shorter uh, lens, and I ended up u- using the shorter lens because I was so close to him that
0: um, did you? I bet you laid down on the ground.
1: I laid right down on the. I knew it on the deck of the um, bridge because it was so close to it that I wanted to get. It was about the only place you could get a picture of his whole face. And, well, yeah. you
0: did a really good job of the little face of this muskrat again, is between, it's framed up by the grasses and the, and the cattail reeds, but you can see his whole face and his little adorable little nose and whiskers.
1: Yeah. It was oh, a, you
0: can even see his little claw there holding on to one it of those. was a little holes.
1: cutie. Oh yeah. He could, he used his hands like, um,
0: I, like, when you first showed me the picture on the back of the camera, I thought it was a beaver.
1: Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe it was a baby beaver. But um, when he actually swam away and I just saw they had a little rat tail on him that he was a muskrat, not a baby beaver.
0: He's adorable. Do they have those yellow teeth like beaver have? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gross. They need whitening yeah. strips.
1: Yeah. That is I, cute. We I've should probably seen. tell them that they sell the whitening strips at the visitor center. They
0: don't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should. <laughs> I think there's a reason why beaver and um, evidently muskrat teeth are that color almost orange. Yeah. Isn't that funny how because we want to see white teeth that we think that's how all teeth should look.
1: Right. Right.
0: He is adorable. I'm I'm kinda of sorry I missed that. And yeah. I wonder if it had been two of us walking, if we would have scared it away. Like maybe this was an opportunity you had simply because you were by yourself.
1: There was a few little things that I saw on that particular little walk there that um yeah like you say if if there had been two of us might have startled them enough that they'd ran off there was a couple of squirrels that just ran right up to me and and stopped and let me take some pictures of them and um some birds that just landed in trees in front of me and stuff so
0: so in the end you didn't mind that i stayed in the car and took a nap a little power nap no i was so tired teenagers just run by a whole different clock you know they sleep till noon and then they're up till the middle of the night and
1: well they have something that we have no we don't have any anymore it's called energy
0: yeah right
1: (laughs) (laughs) we're unfortunately beyond our energy years i'm afraid but Hmm. um so yeah this
0: little muskrat was a treat to see yeah and uh again i think i probably didn't edit that picture right away because uh, it wasn't my experience maybe i just kind of passed over it thinking i don't know but i went back to that more recently and I, I found a couple of really good pictures you would gotten of this little guy
1: yeah it's a nice one yeah all right let's move on to the next one
0: so our next picture is a picture that was left in the editing room
1: hello mr toad
0: and it's a picture of a little toad So this picture was taken at Stonington Point in the UP when we went to Stonington to try and find the monarch butterfly migration.
1: Ah, yes. The failed attempt.
0: Well, we did see some that time. And I think we did a whole podcast episode about that trip. And we talked about the monarchs. We did. And we talked about the pelicans we saw, which was a surprise. Yep. But um, this picture got left in the editing room. This was just a picture of a little toad on some of the rocky shore of Stonington, but it's cute.
1: Yep, he's uh, you don't often see toads in the stones and stuff. You see them in other places, but not close you to the water like, like grass that. And yeah,
0: Do you, so. A few years ago, we went up to Stonington um, around the same time of year in the fall because we were trying to catch the monarch migration. And um, the water levels were not as high as they were this year. So you could walk around the point on the lakeshore, on the shoreline, much easier than this year.
1: Yeah, I don't think you could have. You certainly would have got wet doing it this year.
0: This picture is from this year on a little bit of the shoreline. But um, I'm remembering back to when we did it the last time. And we saw a lot of toads and frogs Mm -hmm. along the lakeshore. And then we saw snakes
1: yes we did they were hunting toads they
0: were hunting frogs and toads yeah yeah but that was fascinating i'm not a fan of snakes but it was fascinating to see them and it seemed like when you're walking along that little wet shoreline and it was not like a big beach it was a little shoreline that there's water on one side of you and and trees and forest on the other side right but every step you took there was a lot of little little frogs or toads yeah they just jumped away i think they
1: were everywhere they
0: were everywhere every step you took there was wild some kind of wildlife that was jumping away or running away yeah and then we then we saw a a couple of snakes yeah and we did not stick around long enough to see a snake actually eat a toad or frog
1: you didn't want to witness that if i remember no but if i
0: remember right one of the snakes had a little lump in its middle yeah. it looked like maybe he had just eaten something yeah but that was pre- that's pretty fascinating so
1: yeah this just is a cool little picture of a, a quick catch of something leaping by
0: and definitely a quick catch because if you're going to try and take pictures of frogs and toads you got to be quick because they don't sit around very long <laughs> usually
1: not yeah i
0: know i tried to maneuver myself to get a picture of them from the front side this picture shows it's from above. So you see his back and his legs and whatnot. But I really would have liked to have gotten a picture from his, the front of his face, facing his eyes and his nose. But he didn't, he didn't cooperate at all. No. But that's a pretty cool little picture got left behind. <laughs> so our last picture is kind of appropriate for where we are right now in the middle of November, coming up on Thanksgiving.
1: The turkeys.
0: The turkeys. The wild turkeys. Yes. Not every state has wild turkeys, correct? Correct. But um, there's a lot of wild turkeys in northern Michigan anymore.
1: Yeah, they, they've really become quite prolific. They uh, When I was a kid, there was virtually none around. But that'll been 50 years ago now. They've really come back in the last few years.
0: This summer, there was um, a couple of hens that at least there was one in particular that I think um, hatched her hatched her eggs on our property here at Park of the Pines. because you and I were up on the baseball field one day and we heard a little rustling in the in the woods. and we thought maybe it was a partridge. But right. when we looked, it was a it was a female turkey. And then when we look closer, there was a lot of movement around here and there was little tiny turkeys. Yeah,
1: we it, we didn't for whatever reason, I guess we were just for a walk and we didn't have a camera with us because
0: we didn't take any we, pictures of that. We
1: didn't take any pictures and they were the cutest little things. Right. Too.
0: And we kind of didn't want to bother them. Like, right. I feel like Park of the Pines is a little sanctuary, you know, from there's a big highway that runs past us and there's a lot there's a neighborhood to one side of us and. Um, I always feel like the animals should just stay on the ground so they'll be safe.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And this, this particular hen was, she was definitely uh, had found a safe spot to have her little ones. And yeah, so we kind of, of we got to look
0: and then we kind of left to leave her alone so she wouldn't get all panicky. But um, throughout the summer we watched, you know, we would see them every now and then in the neighborhood or on the grounds and she and another hen ended up spending time together with their broods. Is that the right word?
1: Clutches, broods. Clutches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And how many baby turkeys did we count throughout the summer? I think she summer?
1: had fourteen.
0: And and the other one had some. Like it seems like I counted into the twenties. There's a one day
1: big there was... group of them. Yeah. And yeah. they
0: all sur- seemed like they all survived through the whole summer. I, I was surprised. Yeah.
1: At... Which usually doesn't happen, but they're still. I mean, and they've gotten to be pretty much grown up now yeah
0: yeah one morning bill was already at work at the bakery and i was laying in bed being a little bit lazy but still quite early in the morning seven o'clock in the morning or whatever and all of a sudden i could hear this noise it's kind of a clucking and cackling and and i looked out the window that's right at the head of our bed and there went all of those turkeys the two hens and all of their half-grown babies went walking behind the house and over onto the campgrounds and that was pretty sweet
1: yeah it's always interesting to hear the conversations too they definitely talk at each other while they're going around feeding yeah this yeah. particular picture that we've shown here is actually um just down the road from here there seems to be well there's a gentleman that feeds the turkeys but um there seems to be like this big I don't know if you call them a bachelor group or what, but there seems to be like a dozen or more Tom turkeys that um, in the spring, they are always fanning out, um, showing their colors and their, and their uh, big tail feathers and stuff, trying to impress the girls as they go by.
0: There's always turkeys in that spot. Um, Do you remember last year, one day, this was a sad story when we saw, a car pulled over on the side of the road there and the driver had hit one of the turkeys and there was um, a whole bunch of turkeys that were all in a fluster, but there was one particular Turkey that kept coming up to the dead Turkey and it was just pacing and just having a, it was so sad. Do you remember that day? It was awful. Yeah. Actually though, Bill, these turkeys were turkeys that we photographed on Camp Daggett road Uh, so this is, you know, they got left behind on the, in the editing room. So, um, that's why you're not familiar with where they were. It was, we were driving through Camp Daggett road one day and there's a home along Camp Daggett road that has some kind of an orchard of nut trees. What kind of nuts are
1: they? Oh yeah. I'm not sure if those are hazelnuts or what they are. I mean, there's a bunch of walnuts that are along the road, but they're not walnut trees. Uh, But yeah, that's in that little orchard, huh? Yeah.
0: So they were in there and the sunlight, the sun was starting to set in the sky and the the tom turkeys in this picture had their tail feathers all spread out and the light was just catching their their tail feathers just right. So um, Camp Daggett Road is a road that is nothing but up and down hills.
1: Roller coaster road. It's a
0: roll absolute roller coaster. So it's not a most desirable road to pull over and sit on.
1: No, we've tried and take pictures a few times and it's not a good it's like dangerous. it's dangerous, really. Because
0: people will cross the hill. Yeah. And there you'll be if you're sitting. So I yeah. but I made you pull over and let me snap a couple of pictures quick. And most of them turned out totally blurry because I was in a hurry. I knew we didn't have time to sit there. But this one's not bad.
1: No, it's You can good. see
0: how the light was catching the turkeys and you can see turkey's ter- male turkeys their heads are just so ugly all that
1: they are ugly. they look like a
0: raw brain or something oh, yeah. but their heads turn from red to blue to white they're kind i mean they're fascinating um so i managed to capture one of that particular picture in the orchard whatever kind of nuts they're growing in that orchard this spring for the very first time we saw that they tapped the trees yeah, to get sap like you would a, a maple tree for maple syrup. Right. So I don't know what kind of nut trees people tap to get syrup. I'm going to have to do a little research and see what that was all about. If you know anything about sap that comes from trees other than maple trees, and if you've tried it, drop us a message in our Instagram or our Facebook or even uh call you can call and leave us a voice message through our podcast website and let us know if you've had anything like birch syrup i know they in alaska they make syrup out of birch trees
1: i've heard of birch trees i've heard of maple syrup birch syrup but i this this is this is like
0: this was new to me
1: yeah and i don't know in um it seems like we were watching a food network show one time and they were using a different syrup that I'd never heard of before. And I thought, Oh, that must be what those trees are. But I've totally what it is forgot now. what they <laughs> was now. So we'll have to do a little more so much for that thought. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's the last picture in our series for today. We like to end our podcast with the picture we missed the picture that got away or the picture we wish we'd have gotten. Um, but seeing as these pictures were the ones that got left behind in the editing room, I'm going to ask you, Bill, if you can think of a picture that you remember taking that I never edited and showed you after the fact, can you think of something off the top of your head?
1: Hmm, Boy. Um, I should
0: have prepared you ahead of time for this, but.
1: No, I can't think of any other than maybe. Yeah, no, I can't think of any off the top of my head.
0: So there are some pictures that I noticed as I was scrolling through the Lightroom catalog. And they were pictures that you took last winter. And I don't remember why you left the house on your own without me. Maybe I was sleeping in on a Sunday and you, because you get up so early, just took the camera and went for a little ride. But there was new snow and there was frost on everything. It was just one of those kind of days. And you took a little ride around like Charlie boy and you got a bunch of frosty pictures and there's a bunch of those that I have not edited yet.
1: Oh, I know. I know what you're talking about too. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh yeah, you know, now you're thinking about that same day, there was some pictures I took of, um, Oh, were they, I think they were milkweed pods. Oh yeah, where they kind of explode. They and... explode. And I think I took some pictures of just like single seed uh, seeds that the wind was blowing around and stuff. I don't know if we ever edited those pictures either. So,
0: so I'm just gonna say if they didn't get edited, it's cause they were blurry or something. Wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Or you didn't take them so they didn't, yeah.
0: Or maybe I just left them behind. Yeah. I think we'll do this again sometime. Do another series of pictures that got left behind in the end. Yeah, I'm
1: sure we probably should just set up a little file as we're going through things and go, oh, there's one we should have done. Yeah. And then we can do this again. This was fun.
0: Absolutely. Lots of good pictures. Yeah. So that's the end of our podcast for today. Um, We will talk to you next week.
1: Yeah, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.